I invite you to turn with me in the scriptures to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18. And there we'll read the parable that Jesus taught. Um, he told it to his disciples, probably, the, certainly the twelve, maybe more, or we're not sure. Um, but there was a problem with um, lack of, Jesus perceived that there would be a problem if there wasn't already, in lack of uh, perseverance uh, in, in prayer, lack of, amounting to a lack of trust. So let's uh, pray and then we'll read. Father in heaven, as we open your word, we pray for the movement of your Holy Spirit to come and to quicken our hearts. Lord, this is an old, old story that Jesus told so many years ago. We pray now that, again, you would, by your grace and mercy, by the power of your Holy Spirit, make it alive and quick and urgent in our hearts. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused But finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet, because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? This is the word of the Lord. There's a story told about a Midwestern small town out in the rural area that that was a very straight-laced town and uh, had no liquor stores and only one very small bar, but it was a town that laid between two larger towns that were, and so a owner, a a businessman who thought a um, exotic nightclub with exotic dancers would fit nicely in that little town so they could draw people from uh, the surrounding larger area. So he built this this nightclub with and had lots of uh, sin in every corner. And uh, the townspeople were outraged and they were just really upset by this in, in their presence. And the churches of the town got together and organized protests and organized prayer vigils, all-night prayer vigils. And wouldn't you know that a great storm came through, not unlike what we just experienced, I suspect, and lightning struck this new enterprise, destroyed the whole thing, the whole thing burned to the ground, 
And the owner, knowing about the, of, of the business, knowing about how the people had uh, protested and prayed, uh, brought a lawsuit against the churches of the town, saying that because of their prayers, um, and because of the, the, their prayers had caused his significant financial loss. And their, the church, that's what the businessman's lawyer said, and the church also, the church has also hired a lawyer and said, that's ridiculous. I mean, that, uh, I mean, how can you possibly say that people praying has brought a lightning storm and, and caused uh, this, this great, great uh, damage? And the judge in the trial, did agree with the church's lawyer, but said interestingly at the end. The court, he ruled in the favor of the churches, but he said the court must conclude that while the nightclub owner apparently believes in the power of prayer, the churches do not. So, um, it's an, it, this, pra- this parable is about power. And we have, Jesus tells a parable about two people relative to the amount of power they have. The one is a widow. And if you just know the, the, the in our contemporary situation, um, widows um, are easily dismissed. Uh, but in that situation, Widows were truly powerless. Widows, if their husband died with property, they did not get the property. They were cast onto and into, uh, beholden to, the mercy of friends and relatives and neighbors and whoever happened to uh, be nice enough to give them, give them care. The other person is a person who's full of power. He's the unjust judge, and he cares for nothing and cares for nobody. He does not fear God. He does not fear or care about people. He cares for no one. He holds, and he's a judge. And if you know some of the, 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 the particulars of ancient cultures, a judge was a powerful person indeed had the right to, and they do today, decide and had um, significant power. So then, given that conflict, one would rightly assume, one would assume that between the widow and the judge, the widow wouldn't stand a chance. She was poor. We, what we do is because she was poor and because she was powerless, we expect that she would do what the poor and the powerless in our world basically do. Uh, she would meekly turn away at the judge's first no and walk off and just slip away into the shadows again and uh, hope that some kind stranger would come, go on her sad way. That's the poor today. That's the poor, that's the way the poor have always been. They're, the vulnerable are not used to getting their way. And a lot of us in middle class America are afraid of poor people because, well, they're, 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 they're not like us. They're, they're poor and, and they, they want stuff. And they were, you know, they, there's all sorts of advocates for the poor who talk about such things as 
as redistribution of wealth and all that sort of thing, and that makes us nervous. But we really make a big mistake when we are afraid of poor people. Uh, in my career as a minister, um, I probably had anyway between four and 500 people who were poor come knocking on the door of the church asking for help. And um, sometimes I would help them, sometimes I would look to the deacons and arrange for help. Sometimes I, I freely admit, sometimes I said, I'm sorry, you've been back, you were here just a couple of weeks ago, and we aren't, we, you're make, clearly making the rounds here, go to PADS or go to the DuPage County uh, Assistance Shelter, and we contribute money to there, and you will get some help. But, but you can't just be running the circuit between these churches. So there's been some times when I've, I've turned people away, and they, they meekly go out of all of the 350 to maybe 500 people that I've dealt with. There's only one time in all of those times when I've ever felt threatened. That was when I was a, a minister in South Dakota, and I had a, uh, a, a belligerent and quite drunk, falling over drunk, so it really was no real threat to me, uh, an American, a Native American, who came in, stumbling in, and, falling, and, and got angry with me because I wouldn't give him anything. Because I, I, I said, I can't, you're just going to uh, further, it would just be leading you further into abuse. But the, out of all of the times, that was really the only one. So we do make a mistake and uh, fail to do ministry oftentimes important ministry to, to people in need, the, the people whom God calls us to be ministers to. We are called. God's heart for the poor is tender indeed. And um, we make a mistake when we, when we don't, with the, the center part of our thinking and hearts, uh, make an effort to minister to the poor. Uh, but they have learned in uh, sad ways from long and bitter disappointment that they rarely get what they come looking for. So you'd expect that this widow would say, well, okay, I'll, I'll just go away and slip into the shadow and, and quietly die. The thing that she does, that, that doesn't happen, though. She somewhere finds it in her to become annoying. She comes back and says, I want justice from my adversary. He says, go away, go away, you're, you're a big bother. She comes back, she says, I want justice from my adversary. And he turns her away, and turns her away, and finally he says, okay, okay. She's going to wear me down, she's going to wear me out. I can't, this will make, if I help her, maybe she will go away. That's, that's what the unjust judge, who, who he even admits himself, says it out loud himself, I don't love God, I don't fear God, I don't care for people. I am about me. And he even says that about himself. I, and Jesus says, Luke tells us that he tells this parable to his disciples so that they will pray and not give up. Now, there's 
something in here about the way, the persistent, resilient way, this, yeah, annoying way in some respects, that this woman keeps coming back and back and back. Have you ever been like the poor and been quickly defeated when it comes to prayer? I know I have. Have you ever given up on prayer? The the poor coming to the church door looking for help remind me too much of myself. I have prayed for good things, important things, vital things. I have prayed for peace on earth. I've prayed for some little sign, even just a tiny one, for some breakthrough in, in the faith of a child, uh, of a relative, a nephew, a niece. Uh, I've prayed for healing for loved ones, for parents, for, for people uh, I've been ministering to. I've prayed for, for marriages. I've, I've prayed for good things, important things, that I'm convinced that God, because of his, what he's told us in the scriptures, wants to. I, I've I've done that. I've, I've come, I've got on my knees, I've pleaded, I've knocked, I've begged and have been refused. Nothing happened. Nothing came of it. And I gave up. I did. And it is for people like me, and I suspect people like you, that Jesus tells this parable. This lady isn't like me. And I don't think she's like you. Because I dare say you have the same problem. I don't think there's a Christian in the world that hasn't at some time or another given up on prayer. At least temporarily. Uh, and G- is, is, is that true? Jesus says in verse 8, God will see that she gets justice. And quickly. Now, what I need to say is that I have sometimes also conveniently forgotten all of the many, many, many times when I have prayed or even just thought something, oh, help me, God, and I've been answered in abundant ways that I've just been, I'm like a beggar who who rides away in a chariot, I've, I've been so blessed and been answered uh, beyond my wildest dreams. And, but, but I too often forget that. I too often think, and I suspect it's true with you too, that what we major on are the things that we are not getting in the way, certainly in the way we think that we should. Uh, the, the widow, many times, must have gotten what she needed. Uh, this story is about the many times that she didn't, that she was refused, and that she, though, stayed in the trenches, kept her knees bent, kept on her knees, and she has been refused many times, but she doesn't give up, and the unjust judge probably thought of her as a pest, Back and back and back and back she comes. Grant me justice. 
Give me justice against this adversary. And the judge, when he sees her coming, he probably goes, tell her to go away. No, I'm not home, I'm not home. We've seen all that sort of thing on television and, and movies and all that sort of thing. He doesn't fear God, doesn't fear people. There's nobody that's going to hold him accountable. What does bring him to his knees, what does bring him to grant justice, it's the justice of her cause, but it's also her persistence. Her saying, these refusals, I am not going to pay attention to them. I am going to be back, and I'll be back tomorrow, maybe even this afternoon. Day after day, she comes with her request, grant me justice. The judge is sure that eventually she will, he will wear her out, that she will give up, but not this widow. How long she keeps coming, how many times she knocks on his door, we don't know. Maybe three times. Have you ever given up on prayer for a cause after three times? Uh, maybe it was 300 times. There have been powerful stories. The, the children of Israel <coughs> suffered under the pharaohs of Egypt for 400 years before finally Moses and Aaron came. The, the judge doesn't undergo a, a sudden change of character. He does not experience a dramatic conversion. He admits that he still doesn't fear God, but at long last, he says, this woman so keeps bothering me that I am going to grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by her continual coming. He does it for selfish reasons. He does it for his own protection, his own peace of mind and comfort that he finally breaks down. Luke gives us this parable as an introduction which suggests why and to whom it was first addressed. Jesus told them this parable so that they would pray and not give up. The parable encourages us to not give up. To pray and not give up. To be persistent. To come with urgency. And it gives us basis for the hope. Not in the character of the judge. We're not going to be hopeful in, in the, these earthly judges like this judge that cared nothing for God, cared nothing for his other people, for, for the other people that we deal with. Our, our hopes are not based on that. But Jesus is saying, look, if she gets what she wants, what she needs, what she demands, what she has to have, from this character, you who go to God with your prayers and needs and concerns, how much different is God from this unjust judge? That's the basis of the parable. That's what, he, that's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is posing the question, He he encourages us to be patient and also says 
that God is not this person. We can go to God because he's God and expect an answer. Again, we can't demand when. We can't, and we don't understand what does quickly mean. Was the 400 years that Egypt spent in Pharaoh's land uh, too long a time? In the full picture of what God was doing and how he was shaping and building a people, it was, I would suggest to you, the right time. Paul tells us in the book of Galatians, when the time was right, when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. So it's not for you and me, dear friends, to be the ones who are judging whether this is happening, this answer to this prayer is happening in a timely way. I I have heard from, from people young and old alike. Well, I prayed about it and nothing happened. Nothing came of it. And that person needs to hear and to understand this parable. This is God that we're talking to, who sees from everlasting to everlasting. And you see this little fragment. And you're focused narrowly on this little fragment. But God, because he's God, sees the picture and will judge and do it with mercy and do it at exactly the right time. The point is that God is different than this judge. The Bible does not say what kinds of prayers our prayers have to be. It isn't talking about the number of prayers that have to be said. It's not about arithmetic. If you've accumulated a certain amount, then for sure you'll get the answer you want. It's not about eloquence. It's not about how beautiful prayers are. The Bible doesn't say, as the faith healers oftentimes on television have said, well, if you didn't get the right answer, if the healing didn't come that that we were praying about and that we're hoping for, it's your fault because you didn't believe enough or you weren't submissive enough. This isn't about that. When we ask, when we pray with perseverance and nothing seems to happen, it's not as if something were wrong. The, this parable tells us nothing is wrong. Nothing is wrong except giving up. That's what's wrong. That's what is sure to fail. Jesus told that parable because he knew that sooner or later we are all tempted to give up and say, I've, I've tried I've honestly tried prayer, and I've tried and I've tried. It didn't work. Throughout the ages, God's people have have experienced frustration with the answers we we need. We we have the uh, the story of African Americans in America, you know, uh, toiling in bondage with with chains for for hundreds of years, and then. Uh, 
the, the prayers, let my people go, the, story, the prayers from the book of Exodus are a big part of the story of the African American in America. And the con- prayers need to continue because the, 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 the kingdom of God isn't here yet fully, is it? We've made progress, and praise God for progress. But we are far from completely finished with that particular story or any of the other stories for, for peace on earth, for peace in our lives, for peace in our families' lives. Those stories go on and on. And the only thing that's wrong, Jesus says, is giving up. Losing faith, saying, well, it's just too big. It's just impossible. Uh, we'll, the, it, I guess it's beyond his power to answer this one. That's what's wrong, Jesus says. So at the conclusion, Jesus then has this unsettling question. He says, I tell you, he will see, that's God, will, they will get justice and quickly. But then he says, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And that's ulp the question that lands right in our laps. We, we can't avoid that question by projecting it, well, it's off into the vague future. That question faces us here and now. Surely this unnamed widow and of Jesus' gripping story can encourage us to trust and to continue to trust and deal with God who promises us that he will always deal with us great, graciously. We don't, we don't fear to struggle with God in prayer. We, not, we need not be anxious that we're, we're annoying him or too persistent or too demanding or, 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 or too urgent if we're pounding on heaven's door. That, that's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong is failing to trust that he's there, that there's somebody behind the door. Who will answer in the exact proper time, quickly? So God, in this parable, Jesus does, invites us to pray and not give up. 